You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. As always, we start off with how the markets have been performing, and I'm joined on the line by the Head of Research at F&B Wealth and Investments, Chantal Marks, to take a look at this. Good evening, Chantal. Uh, happy to speak to you again. It seems as though we just can't get rid of it. The The United States inflation numbers come out, uh, the dollar loses its mind, the markets lose their mind, uh, but it all, it, in all accounts, I mean, we are pricing in that we are going to see interest rate cuts at some point, but just not this quarter. Yes, I do. I do think that the market was a little bit over enthusiastic because the Fed kept saying uh, interest rate cuts were not going to come in March. There wasn't going to be seven interest rate cuts in 2024. Uh, They saw interest rate cuts coming through in the second half of the year and they predicted two or three interest rate cuts. So the CPI print, I think, is more or less in line with what the Fed was expecting. But, um, yeah, the market was hoping for a much softer print. Um, unfortunately, that didn't materialize. And if you look at a graph of the JSE today, I mean, we were we were trudging along nicely, minus 0.02%, then up 0.02%. I mean, it wasn't fabulous, but um, it, it just looks like Table Mountain um, there at the end. Absolutely. And, I mean, that, that goes not only for the JSE. I mean, if we have to look at uh, the... The, the performance of the rand we were below 19 rand yesterday we were just hanging in there now we're at 19 rand 10 cents the gold price is below uh two thousand dollars and it, it just all looks like mm. the moment something happens in the united states or, or as the saying goes when the united states sneezes the rest of the world decides to catch a cold um i don't know how much longer this will last i mean markets are clearly uh going through a bit of frustration and i suppose that's probably why a lot of Uh, sentiment had priced in uh, more rate cuts sooner rather than later. But to the Fed's credit, it's not their fault. It is absolutely not the Fed's fault because they've been saying that the market is too too positive and and investors are wrong and economists are wrong in terms of rate cuts this year. Well, economists not so much as, as the market pricing in more rate cuts than what the Fed was guiding for. And what we've seen over the last few weeks is that the market is actually in a flux uh, in a in a kind of a an area of extreme greed. Um, it's softened a little bit today after the sell-off, but extreme greed. It, it, there's a really great indicator that's run by CNN. Um, it's the the greed and fear index, and it looks at a at a few uh, market data points and then predicts or says whether or not uh, investors are being greedy or fearful or extremely greedy or extremely fearful. And with that kind of AI field rally that we saw at the start of the year. And I think that the market was firmly in extreme greed territory. And what tends to happen when the market is very, when investors are very greedy, is that anything that goes remotely wrong will send them into a state of panic. And that's exactly what we saw happening today. Uh, Investors were too greedy. They were too positive. And look what happens. Mm. Chantal, speaking of this greed, is this why we're seeing uh, unexpected rallies in markets like Bitcoin? I mean, yes, we did get that Bitcoin ETF approval, um, but we saw that from that approval, the the market came all the way back down to 45,000. And yesterday, I think early hours of this morning, we had touched $50,000 again. Uh, Is is it just a situation where um, investors and market participants are looking for returns anywhere and everywhere, and this is going to, in the long run, create a bigger problem? So that's exactly what happens in an extreme uh, greed scenario. Um, and investors start looking at obscure asset classes like cryptocurrency. But you'll see that even um, even 
Bitcoin was was kind of sold off towards the the end of the day today. So so not being spared the um, the the negative reaction to the US CPI print. Um, but yeah, I mean, when when investors are overly optimistic, they start looking for the ten baggers. They start looking for rapid gains, um, and they turn away from boring sectors like consumer staples and healthcare and utilities, and they start looking for something a little bit more exciting. Speaking of things that are a little bit more exciting, um, I had a look at some of the local counters and um, I know you've been, you and I have spoken about this in the past as well and you've been a big proponent of Richmond and they were down about 2.2% uh, in today's trade. What's your ideal uh, entry price on that share? I mean, at 2,850 odd rand a share, some might think that uh, that that's quite a high price, but I know that you've had a, a, a quite a detailed look at the share, and you still think there is a lot more upside from there. Yes, yeah, so I, I do think longer term there's a lot more upside in it. I think there was a little bit of a, a technical profit take on it as well. Um, the the way that technical analysts and, and technical investors do their thing is they've got very specific levels where they buy and sell. Um, and we we had been approaching kind of a, a a bit of a resistance level, so we did see some more selling um, in that share over the last few days. Um, but I think that you could probably find a really nice entry point if this if this kind of downward momentum persists for for a few more days. Um, probably around the two thousand five hundred mark, I think that would be a, a very interesting level to to get involved again. But um, that being said, I mean. Richmond is the type of company that you can actually, it, when it's not completely overvalued, and I don't think it's completely overvalued right now, you can get in. You just mustn't watch it every day and you mustn't plan on selling it very soon. Mm. Um, it's something that you can hold in your portfolio and you can sleep comfortably at night um, have that uh, as part of your investment exposure. Chantal, can we do the same for resources at the moment? I mean, we every time we see we have this conversation, something happens and resources seemingly go lower than the previous low and we just keep printing new 52-week lows and new all-time lows on some stocks. I mean, I'm just having a look at uh, today. Again, the resource counters the the bulk of the bearish movement and uh, the likes of Oslo Metal, which have a, uh, their own set of problems there, of course. Uh, but Harmony down today, uh, DRD Gold down today, uh, Sabanya Stillwater down today, Renogen down today. Um, pretty much most of the uh, the big mining companies or, or the significant uh, commodities uh, players that we usually look at um, not having the best time. Uh, and while I say that, I see Implats has actually had a positive day, but at 64 and uh, it, it's it's all relative i suppose um is there is there hope for uh commodity stocks at the moment yeah so i think you need to be very specific in what exposures you take so um when you're looking at gold mining shares for example they're really great trading stocks but um i mean it's not something that you would just want to buy and hold forever it's it's something that trades uh, that, that you can you can trade really uh successfully um, based on the underlying gold price and the rand and kind of fear within the the broader investment space, whether that be because of politics or geopolitics or uh, the prospect of a recession. Um, then when we look at the commodity counters that we actually would want to have uh, from a longer term perspective, you need to start drilling down into what these guys actually mine. So is there going to be demand for that product in future? And importantly, is there enough supply to back up that demand? Because once you start getting a demand supply imbalance in the favor of demand, 
so demand being more than supply, you see commodity prices move up over time um, and you start seeing these mining companies earn super normal profits. You also don't want to be in the very aggressive uh, developers and exploration companies because they're going to spend so much money um, on getting that supply online. So in terms of kind of metals of the future, I think copper would be a standout there. Um, I think maybe not as big a metal of the future, but something that will continue to kind of show consistent demand is something like iron ore because we'll continue to invest in infrastructure. Infrastructure globally is actually um, becoming quite old and investment is required not only in South Africa, we, we know we need more infrastructure investments in South Africa, but also in places like the UK um, as well as the US, um, India, uh, China to a certain extent as well, even though that there are some some issues around the, the demand side there now. So you need to start looking at that. Metals where you don't want to be um, longer term, you also need to consider. I mean, thinking about something like diamonds, for example, with synthetic diamond quality picking up so significantly, there are question marks around the long-term viability of mining diamonds um, because <laughs> there's, there's an environmental consideration, there's an ethical consideration there. So I think that you need to ask yourself these kinds of questions. From my perspective, I like diversified groups. So you don't necessarily have only one single exposure. You have exposure to a whole lot of different metals. It just it just reduces the risk of being invested in the sector. So at the moment, I'm looking for opportunities in the diversified miners because they all look quite undervalued. Um, but you should be prepared for things to look a little bit sticky in the short term because of what's happening in China at the moment. You say diversified miners, and as you say that, I pull up a uh, Sabanya Stillwater chart, and it's down at 19 rand 70 cents. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think this has been one of the stocks that's been under quite a, a lot of pressure, to say the least. And when you when we speak of diversified miners, I mean, they're uh, one of the companies that comes to mind quite quickly. They've obviously gone through a lot with uh, some of their corporate changes and their um, share repurchase or their their uh, capital raising exercises that, that they've gone through but i mean from 80 rand in 2022 this time around february of 2022 we we touched 80 rand to sit at uh, below 20 rand is, is definitely a significant move um, but as i suppose as you say chantel it's it's about timing uh, your entry points and having a different uh, viewpoint on uh, the commodities and on on all the other stocks in general. It's not about uh, necessarily saying, look, this is going to move over the next two months or two weeks, but understanding yeah. that you, you've got a, a longer term vision in mind for where you get in. Yeah, and I think the issue with Sabani is that they're diversified, but in the wrong things currently. So <laughs> they have big exposure to gold, which is quite volatile. And as I mentioned, I, I view gold stocks as trading stocks. Um, and then they're very heavily exposed to to platinum group metals. And we know that those prices have been under so much pressure. And there's a lot of question marks around the future of that industry because of the um, the kind of the advent and growth of battery electric vehicles. Um, platinum and palladium's major use case is in catalytic converters that are in combustion engines. So if we're going to see combustion engine uh, in engine manufacturing decline over time, then it's it's a pretty precarious position to be in. Now, Sabanya have expanded into kind of the battery metal space in order to mitigate that to a certain extent, um, but it's still quite small. They're in the investment phase. So again, they are, they are using money and they, they're burning cash in order to 
get in, get exposure to the space. So um, they're they're in an awkward position. But I mean, Sabanya actually is also such a nice trading stock like right now um, because it's trading in a very tight range. So uh, you can kind of pick pick your level, uh, get involved, sell out pretty soon. <laughs> I, I'm I'm still a bit nervous. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see how it uh, turns out. I mean, I think at 19 Rand, we haven't been here since uh, around 2020 when the mm-hmm. pandemic uh, came about. So we'll keep an eye on that and other stocks. But thanks so much for the time, Chantal, as always. That's Chantal Marks, who's the head of research at F&B Wealth and Investments, sharing her thoughts on uh, what's potentially moving the markets uh, going forward and how the markets have been performing throughout today. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.